Good morning, good morning, good morning to all. Amen, amen. Welcome, welcome. Aren't you excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Come on and give him praise in this place that's full of people that are excited about the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're here today to uh, increase our faith today. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing the word of God. And the word of God will be preached here today. So your faith will be strengthened. Your faith will be increased. Welcome to Astounding Love Church, a global church fellowship. I am delighted to have you here today. My name is Minister Dury Foster. We are at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. Our web address is www.astoundinglove.org. Amen. I, I tell you, we are so excited today. We just rejoice. We just uh, have so much uh, joy. We can barely contain it. But let us pray this morning. Father, we thank you today because you are so good. You are worthy of every praise. You woke us up this morning in our right minds with the activities of our limbs. We thank you that we are here right now, some here in the sanctuary, some that are joining us by uh, conference call, others that are joining us by Periscope. But we are here, O oh God, to expand the kingdom of God by preaching the word of God in the name of Jesus. And we're not doing it, O oh God, for show or anything else, but we're doing it to give you the glory and the honor. We're doing it because you told us to go out and tell the good news to all of the world, to preach the gospel, to make disciples of men and women, boys and girls. This is what you told us to do, and we are excited about our assignment. We love you today. We glorify you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, all in agreement, say amen. amen. Come on and give God hand praise. Hand praise to God. Give him a hand praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. He's been good to you all day long. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. You may be seated. Again, I am happy to be here today because, you know, I could have not been here today. I could be dead, but I am here today. And because I am here and I am alive, that means I have purpose left in me. That means I have destiny left in me. That means that I have the ability today to impact my environment, impact culture in the seven kingdoms of society. Because I am alive today, I get an opportunity to see into the kingdom of God. I get an opportunity to tithe and to give offerings in first fruit because I am alive today. Amen. Because I am alive today, I can speak a word of life into somebody's life today because I am alive today. Because I'm alive today, I can turn away wrath with a kind word today because I am alive today. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. When you think about why and how you are when you're alive and what you can do, it is amazing. It is amazing. And sometimes we often we get all caught up in our lives and everything that's going on. But, you know, your only life is to live for God. Everything you do is not to live for your kids or for your job or for anything else. Your whole being is to live for God. For God, I live, the scripture they say, for God, I will die. Amen. So we're here talking about the tithes, offerings, first fruits, uh, being sores into the kingdom of God. And I am a big believer that if you're called to be a person that is to finance the kingdom of God, then you should be doing that actively right now. 
You should be giving in to every good work right now. It does not matter whether it, uh, whether or not it's a, a large amount. It could be a dollar. What you should be doing right now, if you're called to be a financer of the kingdom of God, if you're called to be that person, you should be giving in to every good work. Now, I know I've been called to do that. And you know what I do? I give in to every good work every time I get an opportunity. Sometimes it's $5, sometimes it's $10, but I give into every good work. We tithe. Why do we tithe? Because we want to be the ones that have the ability to have an impact in our nation. We tithe for the nation so the nation can be blessed and it can move forward. And as I was driving in this morning, the one thing that kept bubbling up in my spirit, it says, this is your winning season. Astounding love, this is our winning season. Come on, somebody. This is our winning season. This is our season to move forward and to advance and to capture the kingdom of God. This is our a season of expansion. This is our winning season. Now, why would God say it's our winning season if we're not going to win? And what you know what's amazing? God has set us up, Dr. Baker, to win. He's put us in the right position. He's given us the right word. He's told us how we are to live. We are to operate in order to be successful and win in the kingdom of God. You have been set up today to win. You have been set up to win. Now why don't you go on out there and cross the finish line? You got to finish it yourself. You got to finish it. The race is not given to the swift, neither to the strong, but the one that endures through hardship, through tribulation, to trials, through disappointment, to heartbreak. That is the one that wins the race in the end. It is your winning season. Oh, glory to God. It's my winning season. I don't care what happened last week. I don't care what happened last year. I don't care what happened five minutes ago. My winning season is right now. Glory to God. It's right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. See, the enemy wants to destroy. He wants, he wants to take that from us. But no way, no way, no way, no way. We're not going to come in this sanctuary week after week, month after month, year after year, sow into the kingdom of God and give up on what God has promised us. What God said he will do, it will happen. It will manifest. Because God watches over his word to perform it. Every word that's on that board back there that was spoken through the prophet, it shall come to pass. Every prophetic word that has been spoken in your prophet of God, it shall come to pass. Why? It's your season of perfection right now. Glory to God. I believe that with all my being. And that's why I'm happy when I walk in here this morning because it don't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter, Diana, what it looks like. It doesn't matter, Diana, what it looks like. It doesn't matter, Christina, what it looks like. It doesn't matter, Dr. Baker, what it looks like. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because my destiny is set. Oh, my course is already set. And I will. I will. We will. 
fulfill our divine destiny. It is our winning season. Do you agree with that? Do you accept that? Come on and give God have praise in the house. Come on and give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. Give him praise, give him praise. The victory is already won. The victory is already won. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. That was just off the top. <laughs> Come on, praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I don't know where that came. Well, I do know where it came from because it was necessary. Many of you come, we come to church and often we are just all just weighed down. I got to just make it in here. Listen, come on. You're going to have to do better than that. If God is your God and the devil is a liar, then you ought to walk with victory in your life. You ought to not be walking around here moping with your head down like you don't have a purpose or a destiny. You ought to walk with confidence because God is your God and what God said it is so and it cannot be denied by whatever is happening in your environment. You can't. It can't be. It just cannot be. And all these things work together. How? By faith. As I was reading this morning, I read in Romans uh, 8 and 28, and, you know, we, we often talk about how things happen, but everything in our sphere of influence and in our environment that we do, it happens by faith and love. That's how it works. Hallelujah. It works by faith. Hallelujah. Romans 8 and 28 reads, I don't have my other glasses on here, but I'm going to do the best I can here. Where are they? Where are we here? It says that we know that God causes everything to, everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are, call, and are called according to his purpose for them. Everything in your life works together for your good if you're called by God. And what you find out when you read that whole 28th chapter is that everybody in the planet in the world is called to do something for God. Hallelujah. It don't matter who you are. Hallelujah. Some people got some big stuff. Some got some little stuff. But it's all equal in God's sight. Amen. You may think, well, I've got this little bit of your part. No matter how big it is, is vital to the kingdom of God. And when you begin to understand that no matter if it's your job is simply to greet people when they walk in the door, your position, your job, your purpose is just as important as the person that gets up on the podium and preaches the word of God. That's right. That's right. That's Everything that you do for the kingdom of God is meaningful and impactful for the purposes of kingdom, kingdom, kingdom life. Everything. So that's why we give, because we know as we give, it impacts the kingdom of God. Yes. We give out of love, not out of requirement, out of rote. We give because as we give, we know that God will do in our lives what his word said he will do. That's it. That's the bottom line. That's, the bottom, the top that's it. And that's the end of my, my speech this morning, whatever you want to call it. Amen. Let us stand. Amen. We're going to pray over our tithes and offerings. Father, we, and if you have tithes and offerings, bring those forth. If you're joining us uh, online, we encourage you to uh, go to our website. We have an opportunity for you to give and seed into this ministry because we are doing kingdom work here in San Jose, California. 
And that kingdom work is just not here, but it is impacting the world. Yes, it is. We're impacting the world, not only simply by our resources, but we're impacting the world by our prayers. We are just, I'm telling you, we are sending them out and God is doing magnificent things because he's hearing the cries of his saints. Father, we thank you this morning for, we, we thank you, Lord God. You are so good. Hallelujah. We just, I mean, we are excited, Father God, because you are who you are. We are excited because you have chosen us for a time such as this. We thank you, Father, because this is indeed our season. Yes, it is. This yes, is, it is our season. Yes, we accept that. We receive that. We embrace it, Father God. And we thank you, Father God, that we are no longer walking by sight, but we walk by faith. We walk into our destiny knowing, oh God, that you have already provided. You've already provided everything that we need, everything that we need. And there is nothing that we lack. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, everybody. Give up hand praises to Pastor Tom. Glory to God. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. As you listen for the praises and the worship that comes from 1914 from the Stanley Love of Global Church let the fruit of our lips be praise to you. Thanksgiving, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanksgiving is not a turkey dinner. Thanksgiving, giving of thanks, thank you, 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 thank you. You spoke it through your minister. He's here, we're here today. So there's purpose. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. You know, yesterday I I saw on a, um, one of the ministers that I follow on social media was giving a tribute to someone that had moved. The first, he said that they were celebrating their first time, their first day in eternity, which is days to us. It's eternity to them. And apparently, it's a very well-known person, but I did not know who it was. I had never heard of her. I was not familiar with her name. Um, he said, let the prayers go out for her family and so forth. So I went to a website where they have, they didn't update anything, but it listed her children. So I read the names of the, the family members to pray. Now, here's the point. They said that she impacted a lot of lives, and, and she was renowned in a lot of different places. Just because I hadn't heard of her didn't mean that she didn't have an impact. Yes, 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 yes. There are a lot of people on this planet that will never know your name or my name. 
but because of our thanksgiving and because we value the life that we have been given and we choose not to squander it Jesus, we will impact more people than we know. This woman who I never heard of impacted the, the, the life of the one that was giving her tribute to the point that it caused me to look her up, to pray for her family, because that's the impact that she had. That even if I never heard of her, she mattered to me. And there was a sense of, wow, she's in eternity, but there are those that are alive and remain that for this moment, this, this particular moment of their lives, they need the comfort of the saints. We've been in that moment from time to time, but we, and, 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 and there are those that will pray and will speak comfort into the, speak to the wind and cause it to come to us. And that's a difference. You know, the giving of thanks is our season to thank him for who he is to us and in us and through us. And so what that also means is that we will cease and desist from creating situations and scenarios in our own mind where we feel sorry for ourselves and fail to thank him. Oh, yes, yes, yes. See, this is what I'm hearing. In the season of thanks, they treat, give thanks. Hallelujah. And when the, when the master comes, and you feel it's not my season. When he shows up, my season just changed. That's it. That's Glory it. God. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Your season wow. just changed. Glory to God. Praise he spoke it. Your season just changed. You just moved from self-pity season to thanksgiving season. Glory to God. He showed up on this Yeah. 
You know the songs that are coming. <laughs> I've been playing them for a while now. But those songs, it's the most wonderful, 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 wonderful day of the year. What day is that? Christmas Day? No, today. came on and I was laughing. I go, this is really spiritual. Because, right? Yes. And when I saw the video, I said, I look like that church lady. <laughs> anyway, so I'm actually wearing the same kind of outfit today too, so it's like, I can do that. But as I was doing it, I was, I, when I see that, I, I see myself dancing with the Lord. And I saw him do that neat thing. <laughs> In my, and I just started to giggle as I was driving because I'm going, because I'm you know, right? And I see Jesus going like, I can't do it with that Charleston. Jesus do things like that. Well, yeah, he does. He did with me. And I'm not happy. I'm real happy. You can be seated. Um, <laughs> the apostle called me this morning and asked me, do you know, uh, do you know that it's all right to not go, good morning, let's go straight to the PowerPoint, you know, kind of thing. And I said, it occurred to me this morning, as I woke up, it was like, I have so much Thanksgiving. I have, you know, when I wake in the mornings, times, it's like, ah, I'm here, okay, yeah. And, but also, okay, I need to repent. I see this. You know, I've been in rebellion over here. This is compromise. This is not all right. And i got to get rid of those things, because... While you sleep, he talks to you. And I'm so grateful to have a heart that wants to repent, that wants yeah. to change. And I told him on my way, I said, you know, I don't want to be one of your problem kids. <laughs> I did. I don't want to be one of, I, I, I had my season of difficult. I don't want to be a problem child. I don't want to be um, a tough case. I don't see any reason to be proud that the devil has that strong hold on me, or my mind, or my thoughts. I choose not to be a problem for God. Because if I'm not a problem for God, then I can be a great use to him. And I can be the fulfillment of his dream come true. It's very important to me. And I talk about this pretty often. People say, uh, I don't know what people say, actually. but. Um, <laughs> But I can imagine that some might wonder, why would you talk about God's dreams, you know, coming to Because I, I think that that's what the whole world was made for. That his whole delight uh, has always been 
the dreams, the visions, the desires, the joy that he has for his children, all the delightful things for us. That it has always been his greatest heart delight that we get to enjoy life from the Father's point of view. So we're talking biblical solutions for life in the year 2019. And as we do that, I believe that there'll be moments that I stop and practice so many things on my heart or in my, in my, uh, uh, my, my prayer agenda is just filled up pretty, pretty strong. Something else, I, I was weeping a little bit yesterday for others. Just little stuff here and there. And when I awakened this morning, I thought about, and I prayed for, individuals all over the world that have been in deeply traumatic scenarios, and specifically children, I was thinking, who were not adults in a lot of cases. But they stuck, they were stuck in the place where they walked in and saw the devastation, some evil had come in and killed their parents, or, or uh, I thought of specific killers and some of the things that they had done. And how they affected the children. In some cases, the children they killed. But in other cases, they left them to be a witness of the carnage. And the infliction upon them, you know, this is kind of, is this heavy? No, it's not. I want to, I want to say something to you. These, some of these things happened 20, 30 years ago. But this morning, the Spirit of the Lord put it on my heart. Because there's some people that for 30-some years have been bound by a memory. That's right. But the love of God said, no, I want them free. Yes. And when I can get it on your heart, not to just to weep, yes, because somebody should cry for that. But, but you see, my tears are not tears of defeat. But they are tears of victory, saying I will weep for them, but then I will fight. And what will happen is that today, people whose names I don't even know have been broken free of a chain of a, of, of, of a bondage, a chain of memory, that it was time today for that thing to be cut out of their lives. And you know what else? They will never be able to catch that thing Because some people will take a trauma and grab hold of it, and instead of it still having hold on them, they hold on to it. Because it defines them as a victim of society or circumstances. When we talk biblical solutions for life, we introduce you to the culture of the kingdom of God. Why? Because that culture has in it the ability, the power to change your life and to bring your mind into right places. It says in Mark chapter 5, when Jesus crossed over through the storms, shut that down and did all of that to go to a place where there was a man that was tormented and hanging out among the tombs. And he's cutting himself, and he's crying, and they try to bind him up to, to, to keep him from harming himself. But the strength of the, of the evil on the inside of him was so great, he could break those chains. It was like the bondage, the darkness was saying, I will not be held, I will not be bound. You cannot stop me from bringing destruction into the life of this man. But somebody said, oh, we gotta go to the other side. There's something I want to do on the other side. 
And all the time, this evil, this carnage is saying, you'll never be free. We will bring you to the place of utter and absolute destruction. But somebody said, I gotta go to the other side. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. Not a storm could stop them. Not an obstacle, a hindrance of any kind could block him from obeying what he saw. And even when the, the spirits themselves, this man comes rushing at him and they're screaming, what have we to do with you? Jesus is Nazareth. He wasn't listening to them. He was talking to them. And what did he say? He said, you're coming out of man. You're not going to keep him another moment. Hallelujah. That's the power of the compassion of God working through you and me. The power of a changed life is not just to change your life, but it is so that you can affect change yes. in other people's lives. Yes, yes, yes. That's what we're going to talk about today. When we talk about victorious kingdom living, we're not just talking about victory in Jesus, my Savior, forever. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about sharing, releasing this victory into the lives of people who don't know yet how to take it for themselves in our community in the nations, in places where they don't know that they want it because they didn't know it was possible. Hallelujah. Because somebody told them this is all you'll ever have. Yes. And they are in survival mode. That's why we come out of survival mode. That's why we come out of self-pity mode. That's why we come out of stinginess. That's why we come out of independence from the Spirit of God. Because People matter. All lives matter to God. Not just mine. You see, there's a, a lot of victory that's missed because we're too caught up in the misery of the, of, of, of the circumstances. And I don't think we intentionally need to be. We just intentionally do it. Meaning, we know... Because if somebody tries to tell you, you know, you can overcome. Yes, I know, I know, but you don't. Why don't you? Well, you have to understand the circumstances. They're mitigating. No, they're not, actually. They're excuses is what they are, right? We talked about this a little bit last week. Because if you decide you want a victorious life in the kingdom, nobody can stop you. That's right. Except you. That's right. Except you. Have you ever wanted to just suddenly change and you laid there? Did nothing except cry about it? I really want to change. When do you want to change? Well, today would be good, except I, I'm a little tired. <laughs> and I don't feel good, and this is happening. But I'm going to change. You know, get to it. So I'm going to interrupt this introduction to make another little announcement, and then I'll come back to this. And you can just breathe and wipe the sweat off your brow and think it's from the heater. But it's going to get hotter. So there's another box down there, and uh, it's a box that says, with envelopes are going to go, happy birthday, Apostle Baker. And her birthday is less than a month away. It's December 3rd, and so we have that. But this is an all-year, every week, any, every equal opportunity 
box where we can constantly, as the minister said, we can put into it and give all year. And you don't even have to limit yourself to a dollar amount. But just simply we put in what we have and say, God, I want to put more in. And we'll keep adding and keep adding and keep adding. So there's a box here in California, and I believe if there isn't, there will be also a box in New York. But these envelopes say, Happy Birthday, Apostle Baker. And so we get that opportunity to, and I see some of you do it already, so I'll look at the box for a moment. Your favorite style shoes box. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. So this is here and it will be monitored in the same way the box she talks about is monitored. And I get excited about this and putting money inside for building and really I think choosing to live in a way that lets God do Yes. God's dreams come true. That would be the epitome of victorious kingdom living. <laughs> the victory of the king is seen through us. We know that for this to happen, it calls for total immersion into kingdom life and culture. And the uh, image that you see with the young man under the water and the word is right there. It's the water of the word, immersed in the water. And, and we're going to look at that. But I have a, a few changes that I, I want to get to because they're the underlying. I, I don't know that I'll necessarily follow all of these today. They'll be here. Um, but they make certain points. And I, want, I, I like to use these slides mainly to create an impact for you. I want you to have these words right in front of you um, so that you can, you're writing this down and you're taking the picture because it's, it's a step into getting this into us. So many of the things that I do are, are uh, the same, really. I, I take a variation of, of the original things that our apostle did. Um, but we're going to be, over the next couple of months, we're going to go in some different directions. And I'm going to be uh, drilling it down, victorious kingdom life as it pertains to uh, finances, as it pertains to healing and health and homeless, as it pertains to, um, and, and there's, there's some other things that um, walking in the wisdom of God, as it pertains to knowledge, understanding. We were given an assignment on a prayer call a couple of days ago to look those words up, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and um, insights. And as I started to do that, it's like, yeah, I, I, I touched on it, but no, it, it, it opened up something else. Now it's like, you know, this is a, there's a wealth of life here. I'll pause that and just ask you a question and it, it'll line up with what I'm saying. Do you feel sometimes like you're stuck? Do you? Did you know that the stuff is because you don't have God in that place? We don't have the part of him. I need wisdom over here. I need knowledge over here. I need understanding over here. I need insights in here. Because see, if I'm stuck, then, I, I, then God's the one that unsticks. The word of God, will, the force of the water of the word will push me out of places where I've been wedged in by my thinking. 
If I think I'm stuck, I'm stuck. If I feel I'm stuck, I'm stuck. Because I say that I feel like I'm stuck. And I get what I say. Now I can say it, it, it seems like this is what's happening, but I'm going to, but today is the day we begin the process of getting out of this. That where I feel where, where mediocrity has been the rule, we're, we're changing the rulership. Every day, the fight of faith is, is, is the taking a position in faith to say that the obstacles in my own head must be removed by the word of God. Yes. You see, the immersion in the kingdom gives you access to the wealth of the kingdom and the resources of the kingdom. And it's not something, if I, I was laughing about this, it was almost like a uh, Holy Spirit was, he, he shows me little pictures of things, some that I do and some that I just, I can see it and I can speak to it or, or it speaks to me to, to change me. Anything I get is typically for me personally in order to be able to have the integrity to deliver it to somebody else, that it touched me. And I had to change. It touched me and I got convicted. It touched me and I was corrected. It touched me. And I can see where I've been wrong. That's where it starts. The, the, the price you pay to speak to others is to change, to make the change yourself, is to, is to lay down your life as you have known it, to take up his life as he has shown it, and to walk in what he says as opposed to what you think that you should be. There's so much to that, that he will unfurl, oh, uh, 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 um, yeah, that's a good word for it. See, because it's like a scroll that's being released, opened for us to see. That to walk in this kingdom life is a marriage commitment. It's, 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 a, it's a covenant. And it's an agreement with God that I walk God's life for me, not my life for me. And every single one of us in here has habits of Christianity that must stop. We live the way we want to. That's not good enough anymore because we're living below the level of the dream of God for us. You see, it's not a reprimand like, shame on you, you horrible people, and all of that kind of foolishness. That's not it. It's simply, I've got so much more for you. I want you to have everything that I've dreamed for you, which is bigger and better than what you dreamed for yourself. If you don't dream with me. And so there's no shame in it. There's this great hope, total pain for the kingdom. It gives me a better life. Gives me the kingdom life. It's the best life. From the beginning, it says that God created man in his own image. And we've looked at this and, and, and how Genesis 1, 31 and 2, 7, it tells us God, when he saw us, he put perfection in us. God saw us and he, he, he breathed in man. Man became a living soul and God called it good. God called us perfect because of his perfection. Well, God put himself in us. He put perfection in us. Yes, he did. You see, we were created perfectly. And when Jesus did what he did and, and, and walked in the covenant that he and God had walked together with Abraham being somewhat of a witness. Jesus walked in that covenant in the earth. I walked this walk of blood with you to agree with you that everything that you desire for man, you will get. That everything that you hope for, everything that you want for man. 
I will give my life for the man. This was the covenant he made. This cutting of the covenant, Genesis 15, you've read it, where uh, Abram was saying, I don't have a son. And God said, you know, here's what you do. And so we look at it, well, God made this covenant with Abraham, but he didn't make him asleep. God and Jesus, they, he, Father, Son, Spirit, they made the covenant that Jesus walked in that released the covenant of Abraham to us. We'll talk about that, not today, but more, okay? Are you understanding what I'm saying, though? That everything that you have, he gave it to you. Everything that you have that is good, everything that you have good is the perfection of God. That's why all things are not good. Jesus said, no, no, no. Don't call man good. God is good. Now, God in man is really good. But man apart from God, no. We, that we live in a substandard called good, good, good enough. It's not so good. Or any of those kind of things. That's not it. We live out apart from God with the belief that this life is filled with impossibilities. But the Bible says that all things are possible um, with God. And the scripture, or the way I, I changed this particular slide, it says all things are possible with the wisdom of God. Because he knows how to get you there. All these places you want to go, all these things, I just, God has called me to do it and blah, 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 and all the, the rhetoric that we speak. And then we frustrate ourselves by trying to make it happen. And the reason that we frustrate ourselves by trying to make it happen is because we'll take what he said and say, yes, I'll have that. But then somewhere in the twist of our thinking, we say, and I'll do it without you to please you. It hit home? I'll do it without you because I want to please you. Well, if you want to please him, start with him. Because that pleases right. him. You know, he's the type of father that wants to walk and hold your hand. And then when he releases your hand for you to run ahead, he's the father that's still there. And he wants you to look back at him. I guess you could say it's for approval, but really it's to have the confidence that I can do what he sent me to do because he's right there with me. That's right. I hope that today I wreck your concept <laughs> of your perfect Christian life. Okay. I want to absolutely destroy your concept that as you are right now is the best that you can be. Break it down. And I want to say to you, oh no, there's more in store. And it's all good. You understand? Oh, yeah. So all the self-pity, you know, I think of this little kid. I worked, I worked for a very brief time when I was in college, uh, Bible college. We had to do Christian service. Christian service meant we had to find jobs either at our church or somebody's church, and we had to do them. So I signed up for nursery. It's funny, too, because, um, yeah, I can't even imagine. But I did. I wasn't a mom. But I signed up for Christian service, and um, so at, at the church I was going to, and in Christian service, uh, I was assigned on Sunday mornings at the 9 o'clock service for the children. I guess I was married, I just didn't have, Rana wasn't here yet. And 
these little kids would come in. I mean, actually, it's like people just, here they go. I'm off. You know, just drop your kids and run. We had a little gate. We just, oh, open the little door or, you know, the little thing. Thank you. Take your child. Sign them in. And parents were gone. I mean, just gone. And so what we had was a lot of miserable little people who didn't want to be in there until, you know, they got their sippy cups or their cookies or whatever. But this one child reminds me of so many adults that I see in, in the body. This child, uh, she's beautiful. All these children are beautiful. To just think I'm talking about full, uh, full adults now. They're all adults. But she was a beautiful little girl, but she just did not want to be in there. And I mean, mommy and then would drop her off and off she went. And so she'd do this. And then she kind of go like this. Like what? Is anybody noticing? Is it working? And that's how many people live their lives. I'm going to serve. Oh, yes, I'll serve God. I'm happy. Uh, right? And nothing changes. <laughs> Maybe you have a table for one for the wrong reasons. Nobody wants to be with you because this is awful. You're feeling sorry for yourself. And they never serve good food at pity parties. <laughs> they do not serve good food at pity parties. Because okay? it's all about the person. That's an individual, and we've all been that person, that's not tapped into the truth of the word of God. Praise you, Jesus. Listen to that. All the little stuff in your head, that is nothing. Absolutely nothing in comparison to the dreams that God has for you. All the stuff you're trying to make happen is not working because it's not yours. Let it go. Let it go. Don't tell me I don't understand. You get understanding. Okay. Get understanding. Because it's not me that doesn't understand, it's you. Hallelujah. Wow. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to Jesus. Want to go back to slides? <laughs> All things are possible with the wisdom of God. Because God's wisdom is the only right wisdom. Because his is true. True wisdom corrects what is wrong. That's right. It corrects it. If you and I are in a messed up life, we simply are one bit of wisdom away from a change. You see, we always have hope. We always can have expectation. And when we allow it to come in, I, I, you know, you're just as miserable as you want to be. It's, it's basically it. You are as miserable as you want to be. Okay? Because you can be happy. Right? Yep. Well, the song, I need some music to cheer me up. No, you don't. You need to change the record on the inside of you. Why am I telling you what you need? Because you need it. Because I need it. Because we need it. Because it's him. You see? We need to understand that from the beginning it was not so. It's true. From the beginning of God's dream of my life, it was not for me to be all the stuff that I I, I went through the, 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 the sin life to be. The things that are seen can be changed with the right words, whether it's physical, financial, emotional, relational, national, international, whatever it is, the things that are seen 
The things that your natural eye rests upon and says, oh, this is ugly, this is horrible, this is awful. I hate my life. I hate my hair. I hate this. I hate that. Those words will keep it as it is. But the right words, the wisdom words, the words that God said will change it. Well, I said it once and it didn't work. And then what did you do? You defaulted to what? What you always said. So you understand that when we, um, when, uh, let me put it this way, opening a window for five minutes or for one, for five seconds will not clear out the air of an investor's room. You open the window because you say, I want fresh air. Then you go, oh, it's cold out there. And you close the window. So does the room refresh? No. For a moment, you brought the remedy. But then the circumstances and the, the, the endurance of the cold or the endurance of the change was something you didn't want. So you shut the window and went back to where it was. Can you see the trap? And we didn't know that this is what we were doing. I'm not, I understand my heart here. I'm not interested in castigating, fancy way of saying, telling you off. Anyone, I'm not. I'm not interested in putting anybody down. But I'm interested in pointing out the, 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 the flops, the failures, the traps that we have walked in. That we today can walk out of and not just walk out of, but destroy it yeah. and tell it never to return. So this is one of the things that we do. It, it's, um, it's like um, that, uh, that, that commercial I saw years ago it reminded me of my brother, Minister Al. It was a, a, a man in a gym, and there was a scale. And the man ran one lap around the treadmill. <laughs> one little lap around it. Now here's the, the scale. Here's the treadmill. He ran around the treadmill and got on the scale and slapped it because nothing had changed. He did one lap around a treadmill and the scale had the audacity not to show the change. If he'd run 10 times around and got on the scale, it wouldn't have shown a change. But if he'd run 10 months, around the treadmill and got on the scale, it would continue to show a change. Yes, yes, yes. We get up too soon. That's right. We've given up too soon. We somehow, we have taken somebody else's description of something and, and thought that's, you know, the way God did something, the suddenly of God uh, came from years of preparation. That's right. It came from consistency. It did not come from happenstance. I'll just say it and the magic bill, the, the magic words will make it happen. No, no, no. It came from what the Bible said at the age of 12, Jesus was sitting in the temple learning what he needed to learn. So you think at 13, stop. No, 14, 15, 16, on and on. Year after year, day after day, moment by moment, he was continually immersed in that world, immersed in questioning, talking, listening to the Spirit of God, getting the revelation based upon the history, really seeing it for what it was, not interpreting it in a rabbinical way, but interpreting by the Spirit of God, gaining the wisdom, all the things David said, all the things that Solomon had, had been given in the beginning of what he was speaking. He's taking this in. 
He's seeing what Balaam did. He understands the changes in the, 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 the rhetoric that caused Israel to fail. He's looking and assessing and analyzing, sifting, seeing it, getting it on the inside of him. This is your, you said, this is what man said. This won't work, but this will. This is what man said, but this is what you said. This is what the covenant says. This is what I agreed to. This is what you want. This is what you desire. Show me, Father, what it looks like. He had to learn to see. And he was willing to learn because he was willing to see. Now, we have a lot of people in this. Uh, I have a serious gift, and I see angels, and I see this. I see, yeah, you get that part. And you know I'm for that. But do you see what you're supposed to see instead of just what you want to see? Because if you, and you do, have these abilities to see in the spirit, to hear by the spirit, to know by the spirit, when you see the angel, are you asking it why are you here? Are you just excited because it's an angel? What's the message? Where do I go in the world? What did the spirit of God send you here for? What, what is this about? This whole life, this, this uh, superhuman life that we live is not lived selfish. Do you of the solutions or do you cry your way in? Ask yourself that, you know, and write this down. Last week we were told, uh, he gave us an assignment to um, look at a, a different scripture. And so uh, keep this in your mind. From the beginning, it was not so. It's a power base. It's a root. What is the root of it's the root that tells me that the things that are seen are subject to change. It's the root that lets me know that if this was not in accord, if this is situation, scenario, physical uh, ailment, whatever, if this is not aligned with what God said, then from the beginning it was not so, then it is subject to change. Can you see the power of that? Yes. Sickness, disease, uh, Inherited stuff, uh, you know, inherited nonsense, uh, bad relationships, dynamics, relationship dynamics, all of these different things of constantly losing stuff. From the beginning, it was not the way God set it up. Therefore, something I say today can change. That's right. Yes. Something he said that I said will change. It's not positive, positive thinking, and it's not positive confession. It's true confession. Yes, right. It's, it's, you, you say a lot of positive stuff or positively say some negative stuff. I'm just so sure this is going to fail. <laughs> but I say it with joy. And I said it positively, I'm sure it will not work. That's not, that's a positive confession of the lie. That's right. Truth. Those are the right words. The things seen can be changed with the right words. So, um, this next slide, it says that our souls, our mind, and will and emotion were given to us as part of our overall experience and manner of communicating with God. Let's keep that as a thought and keep going. Um, it says that we live in him as he dwells in us, and that faith in God comes from knowing him. Keep that in your, in your knower, too. I live in him, 
as he dwells in me. And faith in him comes from knowing him because it's his faith. You know that covenant that Jesus walked back in Genesis 15? They walked together. Do you know that that walk was a complete walk of God's faith in what he said? That the walk, the covenant was, that this covenant that was forged was forged in faith. In the belief, in the knowing that what was being started there would be finished. That, it, that the completion of it would come, that, 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 that God was in, is in agreement with himself, that he would fulfill what he said. God is in agreement with himself that everything he says comes to pass. The faith of God is always connected to God. Having faith in God has to be God's faith. It has to be connected to him. Because if he is the one that has absolute faith in himself. And Jesus had his faith and therefore had faith in God. And when he tells us to do something, we do what he said instead of trying to change it and make it more elaborate and make it more pleasing and make it more of a big show thing. Most of the powerful things he did, he did on such a low key that it was afterwards, it was like, it's like Peter in the fig tree. The, the comment is like, hey, dude, you just said it. And it, it was, I think it was marvelous to them, not just that the fig tree withered and that no fruit would ever grow on it ever again. But the real power for them was, you know, we just really saw you say something. Exactly what you said. Your words affected this tree dramatically and drastically, and you weren't even here to watch it happen. You've simply said it and walked away. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. But the impact of your words, the presence of your word remained. Because it said, God said this to Jeremiah, I hasten, I watch over my own word. You don't have to do that. <laughs> Jesus said, the Father in me does the work. I don't do the work. I say the words. He does the work. Wow. My God, that's right. I lay the hands. He does the work. I lay the hands. He does the work. My Jesus. He did not say, lay hands uh, and please if he does say, lay hands and pray a certain way, you do it. You don't make it such a strict doctrine. You see, you do what he said. The doctrine is what he tells me to do, I do. That's the doctrine. Whatever he says to you, do it. That's the doctrine. Don't add your opinion to them. Okay. Don't give it your pop of color because you think it needs it. You do it that way and your pop of color is actually there. It's a signature that will show up. So we live in him as he dwells in us. And so he's the indwelling force and direction that we follow. That's how I can say to us that many of us live lives that he doesn't he doesn't direct. We just have little habits, little quirks, little oddities, little weird stuff. To know him as we're known, this is the next slide, and to live and have our existence in him, and to participate in his divine nature is true oneness. So all the scriptures, John 17, 21, Philippians 3, 7 through 15, 
Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, and 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. You can look that up, and we can come back to that, and we'll visit it another time. I want to go to this one, this next one. This is have the mindset that is your life-changing power. Same thing we've seen, we've modified it again. That cultivated kingdom beliefs and kingdom ideologies form kingdom wisdom. What I've done with this, in my way I read it now for me, is I said, well, cultivated kingdom beliefs and cultivated kingdom ideologies will form kingdom wisdom. I want that. Cultivated kingdom beliefs and cultivated kingdom ideologies form kingdom knowledge. Belief. Same thing. Cultivated kingdom beliefs and cultivated kingdom ideologies form kingdom understanding in me. Cultivated kingdom beliefs and cultivated kingdom ideologies form kingdom insight in me. Seeing in. Kingdom insight. The kingdom insight. So that everywhere I look, I see kingdom or I'm looking for kingdom. If I don't see kingdom in something then and I'm there, then that means I rock kingdom. I'm the change that needs to happen. Sometimes I go someplace and it's there and I can connect to it, hook up to it. Other places it's open because it, 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 it's time for it to happen and I'm the one that now every place I lay my foot or put my foot tread, God's given it. That I claim this place for the kingdom and begin to release the power of the kingdom in a place where they have not known the kingdom of God. All of these things I'm saying are big, but we're going to drill them down. It's a, it's, it is big, because, but it's simple. That's God. He's huge. He's tremendous. He's bigger than we can ever, ever imagine, and yet he's right here. So to cultivate the power of a changed life, I have to work with every thought, every time. Every time a thought comes that's anti-kingdom, it's my honor to speak the words of the king, to capture that thought. We're getting to what we were talking about last week, 2 Corinthians 10. I can capture this thought. But I started breaking that down a little bit. I don't know that I brought my thing. Um, I do have it. Christina, it's a pink, the pink little journal in my purse. Um, please, cultivate the power of a changed life. So, say this part, every thought, every time. Now, here's the thing that's interesting, is you gotta know that the thoughts, anti-kingdom. You have to pay attention to what you're thinking. You have to pay attention to how you're thinking about yourself and how you think about others. I, I had a, a week of, of judgments. Um, that I felt very proud of myself because I was going to release these, you know, uh, different things. I'm going to release you from judgment, but um, <laughs> then I had to release myself from the pride of being a judgmental person. <laughs> that was a bigger release party than the other one. <laughs> because first I had to accept the truth that I was being a judgmental person. 
And that um, the, the person I was judging the most was God. Wow. You know, because sometimes I just feel like he should have just smashed these people like bugs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he let them live. And he let them get away with it. Not seeing the bigger picture, baboon, that uh, he's letting you get away with too. Now, if you want him to do it to everybody else, you're going to let him do it to you? Oh, no, Jesus, there are extenuating circumstances <laughs> where I'm concerned. I, I, it was just a rare moment for me. You know, I'm not really like that. I, I got more Pharisee in me than that. Guy. Come on. So, um, so it was it was quite a week. It, it was actually pretty funny because I'm willing to do it, and sometimes it's just uh, I got to get in there and show myself again. <laughs> I'm gonna put that off for a while. Go play a video game because I don't really want to see the ugly because I can just feel the stuff wanting to read through me. It's like, no, nah, you gonna put the game down and go do this because this is more important than that. If you want change as opposed to just a higher ranking score in the game. It's never going to pay. Okay. You with me? Jesus identifies with and things like that. Every thought, every time. Here's the thought. Jesus identifies with and thinks like God. Think that. Jesus identifies and thinks like God. Hmm. Every time something happened, every thought, Jesus thought and identified with God. Every Every temptation to be upset, every temptation to be something else, Jesus thought, identified and thought like God. Now I'm a kingdom citizen, and I identify with and I think like Jesus, which means that with every situation that comes up, I'm thinking from the beginning. I'm thinking from the beginning, from the beginning, from the beginning. This thought about failure from the beginning. It was not so. This thought that I'll never, whatever, from the beginning was not so. It, it never achieved, was never a part of the from the beginning. You will never make it. You will never achieve. From the beginning, that was not so. I was created to overcome. I was created to have dominion. I was created to um, to execute the power, to have dominion over the fish of the sea and the thousands of the air and over the trees and over the this. And I was created from that from the beginning. Uh, money doesn't grow from trees. Money comes from trees. The paper, the wealth of the gold that's supposed to back it up, God has that. Yeah. So that tells me that my kingdom source is my only source. Hallelujah. Not the tree. Hallelujah. That I have dominion. The tree that I have dominion over is not my source. I'm actually the source for the tree. Wow. <laughs> I have dominion over the tree. The tree doesn't have dominion over me. So therefore, who's supposed to speak to give life to the other? As opposed to standing under it begging for it to give you some. Wait for it. <laughs> From the beginning. That we see him at the age of 12, the first time we come across him, he spoke for thought like and acted by God. From the time that we come into the kingdom, 
we are authorized to speak for, think like, and act like Jesus, who acted like God. Because perfection has come to dwell in us and to move out everything that is imperfect. What is imperfect? That which is not him. The thoughts, the beliefs, the styles, the attitudes, the proclivity towards failure. It's not him. That's imperfection. You see, now, that's different from the world striving for perfection, which is performance-related. God's is faith-based. It's based on trust and relationship with him. The Lord will perfect the things that concern me. Any questions before I go on? Sometimes I don't ask about questions. I want to get to the point that, okay, it needs to be on the subject. Don't take us off of this. Come on. The question is, do you connect your soul to God by what you say? Do you connect your mind, your will, and your emotions to God by what you say? What do you say? What do you say? Uh huh. Because that's what we're talking about every thought. Every thought is formed in your mind, is formed in much, in much of it through our emotions, through what we see, what we experience. And we see a lot of things that are not him. And we think things that he doesn't think. And we say things that he does not say. All from a thought, all from an experience, all from an encounter. Would you agree with that? then does that connect us to him, or is that a disconnect from him? It is a disconnect, but it was, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an act of will. I'm going to answer this with scripture in a moment, but it's an act of will to give up my demonic connection. To take on, I know you want to say something about it, let, let me stay with this for a moment um, and get ready. <laughs> um, to stay, oh God, I better do it. Jesus identifies, let's go back to this, go back. Jesus identifies with and things like God. This, which is not his fingerprint, but is, is showing you an identification. All right, when you match a fingerprint, it means that all the worlds, all the this, or swirls, etc. If I put my finger, my thumb, or whatever to it, it would be an identical match. Every identification that he had had to be what he thought, lined up here. Every word that he spoke had to match the fingerprint or the DNA. Every uh, action that he performed matched 
this. So that the connection was already there with the right thoughts, with the right words. But what I see my father do, I step up and do. And that connects me to him. Obedience is a connection. Are you with me so far? I'm going to be quiet and let the apostle say what she wants to say. Amen. The answer to your question also is yes, because your thoughts, that the Bible says, which I'm sure the pastor will, will, will tie in, is that we take every thought captive to the obedience of our king, okay? And when you take every thought captive to the obedience of your king, then what you say is what your king is saying. So the answer is definitely yes when you say what your king says. Every thought captive to the obedience of his word. The word is our king. Jesus is king of kings. We're in his kingdom to serve and say and be and do what the king says. So it's a direct connection that will fire you to live that life. And I'm sure all the scriptures and things are good. Thank you. Okay. Go down to. So keep that fingerprint in from the beginning now. We're talking about living from a Romans 12, 1 and 2 perspective. Go ahead and go over there. Romans chapter 12. And then you may as well find 2 Corinthians chapter 10 because that'll be the next scripture that we go to. Romans chapter 12, in the King James, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, your reasonable service. Make a decisive dedication of your body. It's a decision. Your members, your faculties, your thinking processes, everything that is about you, make it as a living sacrifice which is holy and well-pleasing to God. Now, all of this holy and well-pleasing to God is again telling us this is part of his dream for us. God does not need us to uh, tell him how great he is. He knows. But see, the greatness of God is also the generosity of his, he shares his presence with us and brings us into his greatness. He doesn't laud it over us like, I'm so great and you should see that and you're nothing. No, what he says is I, I impart my greatness into you because I want to bring great things through you. He gets a, a wrong reputation 
Because people hide, even his own people, we hide from him as though we were in the garden and had committed sin. Instead of coming into his presence, which is an interesting thing you say, coming to his presence, even though his presence is already has come into us. So our thinking a lot of times about God is God outside instead of God inside. And so we try to live a life in God somehow with the idea that he's away from us instead of in us. The greatness is already in us, but it's not our greatness, it's his. So when we make this dedication or this determination, the submission of ourselves to him. It is with the understanding, this is, this is as I say, I'm, I am committed, this is an immersion of my body, my members, my faculties today, my own thoughts, that the things that I have been fearful of or worried about or concerned with or whatever it is, all of that goes to everything about me and all the areas of my, the craziness that I have lived, all of this is coming to him. He wants it. Because he has something greater in mind. I'm, my mind lines up with his mind. He doesn't align his mind with ours. Are you with me, Sister? It says here, this decision and action is the expected response to what God has said. Do you understand? What he said has come to me. So I make this living sacrifice, this dedication of myself, because he said to come to him. He did not say, get yourself washed up before you try to come, you know, in the sense of you fix all your problems before you come to me. Try to perfect yourself before you come to me. He says, no, no, no. Bring it all. Bring it all. The, 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 you know, this represents stuff on every level of life. I guess I should explain that like that. But stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. And sometimes that includes religious culture that makes it more difficult to come into the presence of God than it is. Don't think that you've got to jump through 10 hoops of flaming fire before you can enter into his presence. And the sins or the, the, the thoughts or whatever it is, the behaviors that you've had, the distance that you've had between yourself and him, that's in your head. It's not, you know, I'm far from God. You're far from God in your thinking. Because he's right here. Bring your thinking to him, too. All of these things are a choice to stop imitating the ideas and the opinions of the culture around you, the accepted beliefs about God that are not true. and be inwardly transformed by Holy Spirit through a total reforming, a renewal, an awareness of how you think 
speak, and act. Everything that's foreign, here's my, my opportunity to get it out. Because he wants it. Because he is the better. I keep pointing it back to him because it's about him. We're talking the cultivated kingdom beliefs. And cultivate is a great word, right? Um, let's do the dictionary for a moment. Because I keep saying these things, though. To cultivate, according to Webster's, is to prepare or prepare and use for the raising of crops, he says. Some fields are cultivated while others lie fallow. To loosen or break up the soil. To foster the growth of. To cultivate. To improve by labor, care, or study. To refine. To further or to encourage. To seek the society of, make friends with, looking for influential people. Those are some of the, the definitions. And it says it, it comes from, it, it means to advance or to encourage, to forward, to foster, to further to incubate, to nourish, to nurse, to nurture, or to promote. To promote kingdom beliefs, to advance your kingdom beliefs, to, to nourish kingdom beliefs, to incubate. I like the word incubate in this particular case. To incubate kingdom beliefs, to um, like incubate eggs, with, um, they would sit on the eggs, right? Maintain them, to, to let it develop on the inside of you, you almost say to be impregnated by kingdom beliefs. And then to let your body, let your mind, if you will, grow those on the inside. Because they're seeds, words that are spoken. To, to let this word, let this word be in you, dwell richly in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind I want to develop and grow my belief, the, the beliefs of the kingdom, to make the beliefs of the kingdom my beliefs, <laughs> to make the ideologies of the kingdom my ideologies. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I want to make the wisdom of the kingdom, my wisdom. Not just, it is my source for wisdom, and it is also the only wisdom that I have. I won't. Peter said this at the gate of the temple, beautiful. He said, I don't have silver and gold for you, but what I have, I will give to you. I have a cultivation of the way that Jesus of Nazareth conducted himself. And I have taken on his way as my way. Silver and gold, have I none on me? Maybe I'm not carrying my wallet, but what I do have will bring all the silver and gold that you need. Because I'm going to speak. I have the name of Jesus. I have the name of Jesus. And I have authority to speak it. And I have what the name of Jesus will release to you. I have it in me to give to you. 
Because I've made what he said mine. It's not just his, it's mine. That's a complete belief that as he is, so am I in this world. What he has, I have. So I have this. I have the knowledge of the kingdom because I make the kingdom's knowledge the only knowledge I have. This doesn't mean you don't know how birds fly or this, that, or the other. But see, the kingdom knows. Not just the, 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 the history of things, but um, the origin. And I can use that wisdom, that knowledge of the kingdom, the understanding of the kingdom. Some of the things, we're just talking kingdom, 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 but we're talking kingdom as in earth as in heaven. You're talking release of, manifest of, visibility of the kingdom. That's what manifestation is. Everybody can see it. Faith is what I see. Manifestation is what everybody sees that is my faith. Everybody now gets to see it. So, kingdom insight equips my spirit to shift. See? Because I've made the beliefs of the kingdom. I make the ideologies Okay, ideologies, we look at that one all the time. But what does that really mean? Do we know that this is really time? I mean, I know we say it all the time, but um, we just say it. <laughs> Did we take it? Does it mean anything to us? Yeah. It means the manner or the content of thinking that is characteristic of an individual, a group, or a culture. So what did I really say? I make the kingdom beliefs, and I make the kingdom thinking. That easy Kingdom, you can, you know, when you write this stuff down, make the word something else will change it for if, it, if it's better for you. Instead of saying cultivate, say make. Instead of saying ideologies, say thinking. I make kingdom beliefs. I make kingdom thinking. Because that's ideology. Okay? I like big words. Ideologies equals thinking. I make kingdom beliefs. I make kingdom thinking. I make kingdom wisdom. I make kingdom knowledge, I make kingdom understanding, and I make kingdom under, uh, insight mine. I take it. It's mine. These are my ingredients. This is what I have to change the world. This, this is my power pack right there. Okay? This is my power pack. And my power pack, my kingdom power pack, equips my spirit to shift. That's it. That's it. Yes, it puts my spirit to shift my feelings. My spirit is now in power. My mind, my will, and my emotions are no longer ruling my life. Oh, we got to get to that. Incredibly, just tell you about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it puts my so my spirit is now. I felt the power shift, and it does shift my feelings, emotion, attitude, behavior, and habits. The earthly, sensual, and devilish perspective. Shift it. Where is it shifted to? Obviously, kingdom, because there's no place else for it to go. Just come out of that. It's like just snatch it out and say, that's it. We're over here now. All of my emotions, all of my feelings, all of my attitudes, my behavior, habits are shifted so that when those forward, those things 
of sadness and self-pity and stuff show up, it's foreign to you. And you say that does not belong to me. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Every thought. Go ahead, Chris. Next one, Chris. Every thought. You see what I'm saying? You recognize it as because it's not yours because you have begun to see life from God in the beginning point of view. Okay. Yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. I take that's me. Hallelujah. Thank you. Going over to 2 Corinthians 10. I have 16 minutes. Okay. But see life from God from the beginning. This is the goal of God. See it from my perspective. See it from my point of view. See it how I see it. Say what I said. See you like I see you instead yeah. of the way you see you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see you wrong. You see you wrong. Praise God. I see me wrong. Woo! <laughs> yes. This ain't it. Yes. I mean, come on, think about that. You look in the mirror and say, you a counterfeit. This ain't it. This ain't it. <laughs> you know what people go, is this all there is? No. Not from God's point of view. No. You didn't win yet, so no. Hallelujah. Yeah. You're a better you than you do. <laughs> and now you're going to know. I'm going to run with that one. This is really good. You know, it's like, oh, no. It's not that, oh, please have patience with me. God's not finished with me yet. No, I ain't it. It's simply, this is the wrong person. This is somebody else. And I don't like these clothes anyway. <laughs> it's a true stripping off. Of the yes. old man. Yeah. Because yeah. he knew. Yeah. But we've been living old. But no more. And you know what? We said this before. What did we say yeah. about continually speaking? Yeah. Daily. Yeah. Consistently. But yeah. keep saying it because you're changing every single part of the Okay, I many of you here eat potatoes and gravy, and even if you don't, pretend you did. <laughs> so they give you this big mountain of potatoes and this little teaspoon of gravy, and say next. <laughs> there will be no next if you're not moving. <laughs> That's right. No, there's no next. This needs gravy. Well, we gave you the little dollop of gravy. Gravy does not get served in dollops. No. That's a <laughs> Just here, give me a cup and fill it. I'll take care of it myself. But I will not be moving because you gave me a, a dollop of gravy on top of a mound of potatoes, right? Am I right? That's right. Okay, why? Because the man of God over here said, it must be slathered. <laughs> it's, but the potatoes are supposed to change color. They're supposed to go from that white with little bits of pepper, if you use white, black pepper instead of white pepper. It's supposed to go from that to this interesting brown color. That is only... <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of year. Okay. <laughs> the gravy changes the color of the potatoes. Changes the taste too, right? Yep. All right. 
Speaking a word changes the taste. Keep speaking. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. It changes the structure. Yes, it, it changes. It greatly changes the structure. Even tired-looking potatoes have some hope when there's gravy. <laughs> okay, so even your tired-looking life has hope because of the word God. All right. So, all of these things, my spirit snatched it out, and I'm looking at my life through God's point of view. Okay? So, I, the game-changing we talked about, because this whole was introduction. It was introduced about game changing, and the power of the kingdom perspective is what changes the game. Every thought all the time. So let's go through these real quick because I'm going to get to 2 Corinthians 10 and I'm going to be last in a minute. Every thought, say it. Every, Every thought. thought. Come on. Every, Every emotion, all, all the time. Now take it. Every emotion, all, 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 all the time. Keep going. Every, Every attitude, all, all the time. time. Mm-hmm. Every behavior, all, all the time. And every I have the power to do that. So do you. We have the power to change every single one of these. Every attitude, every emotion. I can do it all the time. I don't need, see why? Because this is the season. And it never goes out of season. It's just, this is the season. You know, people go, well, it don't seem like it's the season. Well, then say that it's the season, and it is the season. It's the season for change. Okay. So now, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6 says, so for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. That's what we just did. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, every thought, to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Every thought. And having a, in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Next week we'll really do some more with that. But go to the next slide. This is what I want to look like. Look at. We take down argumentative, God-written beliefs and reasoning, which are, in this particular case, what imagination is. That word imagination is interesting because there's quite a few different um, definitions of it. This one, I believe, is Dianoa. Um, and every high thing is like two thoughts, two, two, two minds, two minds. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, with what God said. We take it down with what God said. We bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ by speaking what God said. What God said. But let me share something with you. I did some of that breakdown um, about imagination because I was really looking at imagination. That's a word. That, that's, a, that's a place where I am in my walk. Turn to Genesis chapter 6 for a minute. Just keep your place in 2 Corinthians and go over to Genesis chapter 6. I just want to want to give you an understanding of something. The reason I'm doing this is because, uh, well, I'll explain it in a minute. Let's go to Genesis 6 first. It's easier to go to this. Okay, Genesis chapter 6. And I only want you to look at one part of this verse, but... This verse says, because they're talking, and God saw that the wickedness of man, great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart, only evil continually. And what that shows you is a distortion of imagination. 
He said that every thought, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart, only evil, continually. Man was not dwelling, let me give us a better thing. Man's imagination in Genesis chapter 6, what God just told us is man's imagination was only being used to devise evil. But that was not from the beginning. All the, they're going to die, they're going to kill us, they're going to this, it's going to happen, this won't work, this won't, is an evil use of your imagination. It's creating pictures that Satan so much wants to come to pass in your life. He said the thoughts of his heart, only evil, and the, the word thoughts there is talking about his, the plans, the design, the course of action. It was all that they could see. It's all that they saw was evil things, was, was, was ways, uh, devices and purposes. That's all they saw. They did not, they contrived evil. They planned it. They plotted it. They invented it. They, they thought about it. It was, a, it was the working of their mind that the thoughts or the workings of their heart, in this case, um, uh, this word here, heart, his understanding, his will, and, and their heart was to do evil. That was it. The thoughts of his heart, only evil continually. That's a meditating on it constantly, consistently, daily, continually. They thought about, they meditated on evil. But that, to me, when I read that scripture, it says to me, oh, then what you're saying is that that from the beginning was not what the imagination was for. And so when he says we take down, that's why I wrote argumentative, doubt-ridden beliefs and reasonings or plans toward evil, um, those are the imaginations we're talking about. We are not talking about your true imagination or your power to create through the visions that your mind sees. But we're talking about the dwelling on the, on the, on the evil so that the argumentative, doubt-ridden beliefs and reasonings are your contradictions and your, but you don't understand. And yes, that's easy for you to say. And if you knew what I was going through, if you had seen what has happened to me, that's the evil imaginings and high things that exalt themselves against small That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Do you see it? Yes. So if you're paying attention to what you're saying or you're paying attention to what you're thinking when somebody such as myself, Dr. Baker, or Mr. Dury, Mr. Al, whatever, you're listening to, starts to speak your mind, you starts to speak the truth. And all that you feel coming up inside of you is the resistance to that truth and the reasonings that will keep you captive instead of making you free. Oh my God, my God, my God, my God. You got to say what God said. And you have the power to do it. So you don't have to stay there. Where you've been now. Because it's not what you are. It's what you've been. You wouldn't do So as I read that, the this imagination was corrupted by sin. But see, the blood of Jesus, the salvation, can cleanse that. From the beginning, it was not God's purpose for our ability um, this was not his purpose for our ability to create in our mind. Not to use your imagination for evil. You with me? So if you're thinking about yourself, 
in those ways. You're using your imagination to create something that you were never meant to be. And that you don't have to stay. And if this part, so where it says, for though I walk in the flesh, and I personalized it, I don't walk, I don't war after the flesh. That word war is important. And we'll, again, look at more of this next week. Um, for though I live in an earthly body, I don't regulate my life or engage in supernatural matters from that perspective of my emotions. I don't war through my emotions. I don't retaliate because my feelings were bruised. I don't fight. I don't win when my emotions leave me. So I don't do it. Remember, I have kingdom wisdom. That is not, this is earthly wisdom. This is sensual and devilish knowledge. This is what my spirit now has the authority to snatch me out of. And I can recognize this is not, I, you know, what we've done, how we thought this way, all these types of things that we've done. It's like, that's foreign to God. That's not kingdom. And so since it's not kingdom, and I am kingdom, this is not how I think anymore. This is not how I conduct myself. And you simply put a stop to that. You can do that. My whole thing today, has been to, to, to expose some things, but also to say to you, you can change this. That the authority of the kingdom, the wisdom of the kingdom, the knowledge of the kingdom, all of these things have been granted to us to enable us to do what, what, what the devil and his bunch try to tell you you can't do. But you can do it. You see, um, you were built for it. Go to the next one. I'm going to end with these. We have, and we'll look at this again, a readiness to revenge. That means you have an ability to take down. It literally says take down. I love that expression. <laughs> we have a readiness, in this case, is an ability to take down. Readiness to revenge, an ability to take down all disobedience, defiance, and doubt. When or as soon as our obedience to what God said is executed. That's what that scripture means. Having a readiness, an ability to take down. Look at it that way. Go back to 2 Corinthians, okay? Chapter 10, I have about a minute and a half, a little less than that. Okay. Verse 6, having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means. I have an ability to take down all disobedience, defiance, and doubt as soon as my obedience to what God said is executed. As soon as I put it in motion, the power is there. Okay? I'm going to stop with that. Just leaving this to you. Take this up. This next slide. And we'll leave it at that one. We are truth seekers, kingdom seekers, right? And word doers. Okay. That's what we are. And so take that as your as your root of understanding. We're seeking, we seek the truth. We're myth busters, we're a lot of things here. Okay, but it's always in alignment with God. 
And this causes God's dreams for our lives to come true. So we'll pick up again next week. And I want to have, I believe I did my part to prepare us for what the apostle will release in the um, second session. So those of you that have joined us by media and um, those that are, or joined us in uh, our New York uh, service, we want to thank you for being a part of the first session of Biblical Solutions for Life. We will be back at 11.45 Pacific Standard Time, and our apostle, Dr. Baker, will be here to bring us Biblical Solutions <laughs> for Life, part B. Um, uh, thank you so much. We're at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard, San Jose, California, 95131, and our phone number is 408-945-4439. You can reach us at www.astoundinglove.org or contact us at astoundinglove.org is our email. So we want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you in about 15 minutes. Thank you so much. Everybody say bye-bye. Bye-bye.